Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in, ring is out of sight. All elite TNT, make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 84 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Friday, July 9th, and we are coming off a hot wrestling week. We had AEW Road Rager, All Out, Rampage, and the Dynamite Return to Chicago, or Hoffman Estates, occurred this week. We survived the pre-sale frenzy, and we will be attending AEW All Out. Yeah, and I don't know if, like, I understand how Ticketmaster works. I mean, we've done this for a long, long time, and especially, you know, being a season ticket holder of the Giants and for all those years, Jets also, I mean, you know, dealing with scalpers and dealing with, you know, whatever. If, if anybody is going to be in the Chicagoland area, I would anticipate some of these secondhand tickets. I always call them secondhand. They're like secondary tickets, but these secondary aftermarket. tickets, aftermarket tickets, I guess you could say, They'll go down in price. If you're going to be there for that weekend, you pick up, you know, you're going to go to the show on Sunday, you pick up a ticket on Saturday, you know, they're going to cut these prices down. So you won't have to pay this exorbitant fee. Don't, Don't be like you me. Know, the people that go out there, I understand it's a lucrative market, but it's a wrestling business also. There's a lot of attention, but it's a lot of wrestling fans. And the truth of the matter is that a lot of wrestling fans are the ones that are buying these tickets and selling them for double the price. And that's not, that's not right. That's not nice. That's not fair. It's not fair to other people that you share the same passion. It's not fair to those other people that, that share the same hobbies, that, that share the same interests, that enjoy going to these shows. You know, that's, that's not right. So, you know, shout out to everybody who got extra tickets or who has extra tickets that's selling them at face value. That way they can get their money back and everybody can enjoy the show. So just a small shout, but for those who did not make it through the pit... And come out the other end to Ticketmaster. I'm very sorry. I, I, yeah. Because it's, it it's is a, such a hectic, it is anxiety-ridden event. Oh my goodness. It, it is a shit show every single pay-per-view. Yeah. And that was double or nothing the first time for us. I mean, that, we, we got fucked out of that one. All out the first time for us, we got fucked out of that one. We paid secondhand, tic- we paid secondhand prices for both those shows. And, and I mean, ridiculous prices. Like, ridiculous. Like, well, $200 for these upper deck seats. I mean, ridiculous Because I, we didn't do what Rich said, and we bought them immediately. Well, you couldn't really do that for Las Vegas, because it no, was so expensive you had to plan this entire trip. But, you know, individuals who are going to be in Chicago, who live in Chicago, you know, whatever it happens to be, if you're going to be around, you're going to go to Rampage, I'm sure that tickets will be available that weekend, and the secondhand guys are going to try to dump these things. So maybe you could stick it to the man a little we bit. We just gauge it. Just, just keep an eye out on... The sites, but we are thrilled to bets nonetheless that we got into the venue, and we hope to see some of you guys there. Yeah, we are looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of people. Anybody who's going to be in the area, you know, let us know. We're going to be there for the entire weekend. I don't know if there's going to be a fan fest. We'll see what they give in terms of updates for that. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a Saturday, we got Friday, we have Rampage, you got Sunday before the show, you got the show. You know, I mean, people are going to be there the whole week, so... You know, we'll we'll kind of be around. Yeah, no, we're definitely down sure th- to 
to hang out. We'll have our own fan fest. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of individuals that are like having fan parties, get-togethers, collectives, because it's the first time a lot of people have seen each other. Yeah. It's the first wrestling show that we went to since Revolution of last year. I'm so, so, so excited. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we were given the opportunity. We've gotten a couple of tickets uh, at face value recently, which is a nice thing. But, you know, I wish everybody the best. I hope that those who want to go can go for an affordable price and they don't have to break their bank. No, I I agree. Like you said, just some of those costs that you see, it's it's ridiculous. It's out of control. But episode 84, Randy Moss. Episode 84. But you had the opportunity to, you know, individuals would kind of hype it up out there. You know, Tomatonga runs a promotion called Thomas Island, which is a Patreon. You can kind of explain a little more. You got the opportunity to do like a watch along, which was really awesome for those who pay and are involved in the Patreon. Yeah. So that was actually uh, super cool. It was the first ever watch along I've done. We just hung out on um, within the Patreon, hung out on Zoom. Watch Dynamite together, uh, the the Islanders, and and just talked about some Dynamite. So that was cool. Um, yeah. I know you 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 know hang out with your friends on the the headset sometimes, um, and you know discuss the show as it's happening, like with the Friday Night Dynamites. Um, I'll live tweet on Wednesdays, but I've I've never really had like uh, interaction over. Like, I've never had, like, a live chat interaction uh, with other... sitting next to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, With other other wrestling fans to kind of talk about what's going on. So that was super cool. Um, Nice way to to kind of stay in the moment and hear everyone's thoughts. And, yeah, Thomas Island is a super great place. He's got his podcast. uh, Great little community on Patreon. Check it out and support my, my guy. Yeah, if anybody's a fan of New Japan Bullet Club... Anybody's really into that kind of like wants to get, you know, into a nice community of individuals talk legit about wrestling if it's all different companies, but kind of like behind the scenes stuff like real conversation. You know, that's that's it's what just, it's yeah, about. like real yeah. wrestling talk. Yeah, it, it's you know, it's it's good stuff. But, you know, I, I don't get to talk to my friends anymore. No, no, you don't. Um, it's Friday. Uh, we were had full intentions of recording this podcast yesterday, but we had a technology catastrophe? Technology emergency? Yeah, we had some type of storm, I guess. It was a short storm, but we had a lightning strike that was, like, right on top of us. And we didn't lose power. But we lost your PlayStations. But my PlayStation 5 and my PlayStation 4 Pro are deceased. I am so... They are fried. So sorry. That is awful. And luckily the PlayStation 5 is new. It's under a warranty. It's going back to Sony. They're going to have to replace it in some way, shape, or form. So, But imagine you... Lose both of these things. Nothing else in the entire house. Never lost power. Never had an issue. It both was, of these things completely toasted. It was Can't the turn them off. craziest thing, though. Like, literally, televisions work. Computers work. Never lost power. It was just the PlayStations that were hit. 
I'm very sorry for your loss. I know you're hurting right now. Well, yeah, you know, you you try so hard to get a next-gen console. We pre-ordered it. We ran down there. I mean, think about how exclusive this thing is. Everybody in the world still wants to get their hands on a PlayStation 5. You feel privileged. You enjoy it. You take care of it. You baby it. You coddle it. And it's gone. Ugh. My heart hurts for you. They weren't on. These, these systems weren't on. They were just plugged in. They were just, you know, they were sitting there. We didn't lose power. Nothing happened. Must have been a surge. and Just fried the power supply units. So they got to get replaced. I have one at the tech and one is going back to Sony. And uh, I will figure out what happens after that. I'm sending you love and positive vibes and... All the good energy to get to get through this. Terrible. Such a bummer. What a, what a terrible, devastating, devastating thing that happened yesterday. So I had to sit on hold for over an hour waiting to talk to a customer service rep or technician or whatever it was about the situation. And, uh, you know, they handled it well. So, I mean, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. So no, handled it's, the it's situation looking, well. Thankfully, it's looking to be a quick resolution for, for the two yeah. of them. So that's... Yeah. Cool. Two weeks or so should be back up and running on both of those platforms. But, you know, I got my OG PlayStation. Of course, there's so many PlayStations in this goddamn house. You know how it is. But And an Xbox. And an Xbox. Got it on eBay. But I have an OG PlayStation Day 1 2013 PlayStation 4, 2014. I don't know when the damn thing came out. 2013. It's a fucking trooper, though. Still working for Same you. Same one. Can't do much on it. Moves very slow compared to these new ones, but hey, we are persevering, okay? We are persevering. That's all we can do, but we we digress. Uh, again, Road Rager. AEW back on the road. First show out of Daly's Place, live in Miami. Yeah, it was in some type of amphitheater, right? Because I, I had asked you initially, you were on the watch along, I was asking you to ask them maybe to see what they're, you know, to talk too it much looked like week. an amphitheater because I didn't like this camera angle at all. I don't like with the back to the to the entrance way. I don't like that. For some reason, I think it, maybe it's the WWE thing. Obviously, you know, Nitro, WWE, it's always the same. It's kind of a hard cam side. You have the entrance from one side. I don't mind necessarily seeing the entrance in the shot the way the Daly's Place was shot. I thought it was unique. I didn't like this one. I didn't like seeing where the wrestlers were coming from. For some reason, it bothered me. So I was wondering if it was an amphitheater, and I think it was. I don't think there was any seating around or near the stage area. So I think that's the way that it was. But it opened up with Cody and QT, which is a match that doesn't feel like we're kind of holding on. Now it's over, which we don't want to spoil it. Or we can spoil it, but now this feud is clearly over. Yeah, South Beach strap match. Uh, unique way to start the show. But the feud is is over. Cody gets the win with not one, not two, but three crossroads. Well, because at this point... We're up to three QT Marshall is the expert at kicking out of crossroads. But Cody was bulky. Cody didn't look like he was moving well. I know he just had a baby... You know, I'm sure that it's busy. I'm sure he's really busy. He got a television show. He has a newborn child. Oh, I'm sure absolutely. he's getting up late. You know, he's, he's got he's taking care of this kid every day. I'm sure him and him and Brandy it's are a different different life. You know, wishing them the best, hope that everything's going well for them, but it's a different life. So but he looks he's in great shape, but he just looks heavy. He's moving a little slowly. 
comparison to what Cody used to move. Kind of just right now, he's a little sluggish. And you got QT in there who's very athletic for his size. And the match was hard-hitting. It felt like you had two big guys kind of like slapping meat, kind of punching, kicking, using this strap, big-time match, blade job by QT. I liked the match, thought it was very good. I'm going to give it a B. I, I think the only reason why I'm giving it a B is not because of the wrestling, but because you kind of dragged on this feud, and you did it in such a manner that this was the conclusion, but it didn't really feel like we even got to a, a conclusion because you decided to do the thing with a go-go on the pay-per-view where we didn't have the big match between them and QT, but this is supposed to be. It kind of seems all over the place. I don't like the way that this feud was laid out. I don't like the organization of this feud, how they structured where these matches were going to take place. Overall, I loved the story. No, we, we said that from the very beginning. The story was fantastic. But the execution... Um yeah, it was kind of all all over the place. And I would say overall the way that this was done, you know, the feud is over clearly and we'll spoil it because Malachi Black Tommy End is in AEW. That was really fucking cool to see. It doesn't see. come immediately after, but no, it, so it's it's part of the story. It's our new structure now. We're going to continue these kind of stories as we go through. So, uh, early on in the South Beach Strap match, we had the lights go out for a moment. Uh, which is normally indicative of someone new sh or someone appearing or returning in an AEW ring. But there was also like a hurricane, a couple of uh, tropical storms or something that were occurring during that time. So it was possible it could have been, you know, real for the audience. It, was, you know, it was, yeah, it was that was well done. And then we find out, of course, later on when Arn Anderson is in the ring addressing, you know, the events of the evening and, and the feud uh, lights go out again and. Here is Malachi Black. So it's clearly the conclusion. How we started and how we got here, I think it's a C. I don't like the organization of it. It got the job done. They had some pretty good matches out of it. The strap match was pretty good. Oh, so you're going, you mean the execution of the Nightmare Family feud? Of, of the feud, okay. yeah. I, I was just saying it was concluding because we had Malachi Black's appearance. But the story itself, I just, you know, you look at it from top down, it's like, you know, we started hot, great story, I liked the connection between QT and Cody, I enjoyed that, thought it was the right feud, it was a good, it was a good feud, you're involving all these guys, and now it kind of feels like it's flat, it kind of ended flat, I don't think the feud and this whole structure of it kind of culminated in anything big, I don't know what's going to happen to these guys, and we had this conversation two, three weeks ago, What's going to happen to Aaron Solo? What's going to happen to these guys, Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado? The guys, I like Nick Camarado. Big, you know, he's, he's big. He's got a unique look. But what do you do with these guys now that this feud's over? Where does QT Marshall go? What does he do? Cody's clearly going on to Malachi Black, which is clearly going to be a one-on-one -on -one endeavor. So these guys are kind of going to be left out. What was the whole purpose of them all? Get well, them some television time? They also lost the feud. They did, yeah. I mean, on, on QT's side, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what comes of this. I mean, honestly, we talked about it. You can go back. I think it was about two or three episodes ago. We discussed potentially what these guys could become or what it is the purpose of using them would be. And now we're sitting here, and it feels flat. This is over. Cody's moving on to Malachi. QT has no direction, and these guys are just left hanging. So, it, you know, it's a lot of inconclusiveness. Now... Discussing the next potential step, 
moving Cody onto Malachi Black. Now, this debut was done well. This, this happened in the middle of the show. This was, this was excellent. And I, I absolutely loved the contrast of uh, Malachi being in all black, Cody coming out in all white. Um, I thought that was very visually appealing and also sets the tone for what's to come with their, their story. And what's so funny about it is I was not an Aleister Black fan. I just, there was something about him. I didn't like his look. I didn't like what he, you know, what he wore, the way he wrestled. He's very unique. He's got a very unique style. But I didn't really like it. I didn't think it meshed well with the kind of wrestling that I was used to seeing, but that's also my brain on the E. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, this the, the, the mesh of his style in comparison to those. People loved him. They thought he was a cool character. They thought he had a good look. I, I kind of didn't like it, didn't like his character, didn't like his look, didn't like the way his outfits looked in comparison to the character he was trying to portray because he was dressed like a, like a fighter, like, like a wrestler. He had kick pads on and black trunks, but he's coming out like a demon. It, it didn't make sense. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But this immediately felt different. And this is just what I think AEW has done so well with their debuts with your former WWE wrestlers, if you will. Um, it just, you can feel the creative input and energy. Like, I think we need to stop, and, and, and you're right, I'm just going to go back to a point. I think we have to stop saying these are WWE wrestlers. Because Tommy End had established himself, went to NXT, kind of floundered. WWE didn't, they didn't use him. WWE didn't know what to do with him. They didn't let him do his thing. He was successful before he got there. This isn't an ex-WWE guy. Right. This no, is a guy that right. be broke. Right. That's the truth. These aren't ex-WWE guys didn't cut it in the big leagues. These are guys that WWE killed. These are characters that couldn't get over because WWE had too many hands in the damn pot. Look at John Moxley and right. Mr. Brody Lee also. You know, these and those guys were there for a very long time. Black wasn't there as long. But that's the truth. These are real... I mean, look, look at Shinsuke Nakamura. You kind of like... You know, Shinsuke has done some positive. He's done some good in WWE. But he's never going to be the Shinsuke that he was prior. He's this big star. He's New Japan star. One of New Japan stars. He comes to WWE and they just haven't... They don't know or haven't handled him well enough to portray him at the same way. Even if it's not wins and losses. It's also story and character, but portraying him in the same way or the same light that the audience can see what the true Shinsuke Nakamura is. Absolutely. It doesn't matter about championships or winning and losing if they're portrayed or displayed the way that they need to be. And I think right here, Malachi Black showed up. He did what he wanted to do. The idea behind this character, the idea behind this debut, he's working with Cody, it's a big time star, gives Cody something to really care about for a lot of fans, and I cared about the QT, I just didn't like the execution. The order of the matches, the organization, I cared about the feud. This thing becomes immediately interesting because you got a top guy in the industry in Cody. And you kind of got like this darling indie star who was so successful prior to NXT, prior to WWE getting all their grubby hands on it in a way. And we're going to see what these guys can do. What type of match they can put on. I don't know if they've wrestled each other before. You guys can go back and let me know. But I don't think so. I mean, by the time Cody got out, I think Black was coming in. So it's kind of like... You know, I don't think these guys have ever really crossed paths in that, that regard. So you guys and can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I wasn't trying to be disrespectful in the in the former WWE uh, 
common. It's, you know, allowing these 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 individuals to get back to their roots after yeah, leaving. I, I don't think that you were. No, I, I just, I think that that's thrown around so much. It's so cliche to say these XWB guys as if, you know, they didn't make it in the big time instead of looking at it and saying they were making it until somebody came in and put too many damn hands in the pot and screwed the pooch. So it's... It's a way to, for them to get back to themselves and, and, right. and showcase Like John what, Moxley... You know, he may have not been John Moxley without Dean Ambrose. That's that's a good example of saying, you know, sometimes these guys, too, don't know what they have till it's gone. And it's, you know, he's John Moxley before he goes to WWE, becomes Dean Ambrose in the Shield. He has, you know, and it's like, you know, I know what I want to be because WWE, you know, fucked me for so long that I know exactly how to be the best me I can be. And that's what John Moxley was. Yeah, it's like, I know what I want to be because they showed me what I don't want to be. So you can't really fault in a way. You learn from those mistakes. You learn from that, you know, that, that creative uh, that dip you get when you come into a company that kind of dictates, you know, what you eat, when you sleep, you know, how you walk. So, you know, when you go outside and you're free, as they say, to make your own decisions, you can take what you've learned and turn it into something great. So in the end, a lot of these guys, even if they realize it or not, I, I mean, I believe it, looking at John Moxley, they've learned so much about themselves because of even the difficult times that they, they endured being these creative partners in WWE and coming out of it knowing, hey, I don't want to do that anymore. I know my direction and maintaining level professionalism. And that will translate into our next match, which I believe... Was no, it was a six-man tag. I'm sorry. So it was next match, not quite. Before we got to the the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing our AEW World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega, which ultimately culminated in Kenny and Cowboy Shit Hangman Adam Page facing off finally. So they're trying to do it for Fight for the Fallen. I think they're going to set this up for All Out. I don't think this is going to be the Fight for the Fallen match. Uh, if it is, I think, because it, it, it just seems like this is going to go to the big pay-per-view. He just sold it out. It's a big-time match, regardless yeah. of winners. So I think it'll make it all the way to August or September. I apologize. But this is a way, and they, 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 they dictated it a little bit. Don Callis did a nice job, very basic job, but a nice job of kind of coercing the audience into kind of engaging with the Hangman page. We want to bring it back. How do you do it? You get professionals out there that can dictate to the audience, hey, we need you guys to kind of believe in Paige again. And this, as you said, was a laissez-faire crowd. This was a WWE crowd. It was. No offense to the people who are diehards that went there, but you see WWE shirts. Everybody's, everybody's allowed to have wrestling shirts. But <clears throat> we've been to a handful of AEW shows, and there normally aren't that many WWE shirts in the crowd relative no, to... No, at this point. Yeah. You know, two and a half years or so, two years later after AEW's debuted. It, it's rare to see the type of audience. There were some chants that were very WWE-related. It was a unique audience for AEW. It kind of felt like you were stepping into a territory that was predominantly owned by some of the WWE individuals. People don't realize how big Florida is. So to think that Miami and Jacksonville are close to each other, they're not. Right. They're far. Right. So it's a different audience. But no, we talked last week about, um, you know, how is Hangman going to be received, uh, kind of getting out of Daly's place and getting back to these uh, 
you know, traveling, traveling audiences, is cowboy shit still over? And even though they came out and I guess kind of like baited the crowd in, you could say he's still over. I mean, they, they well, got the result. What's that good about this is yes, they did. They did get the result. And when they go back on, the hope is that the, the fans will continue it. You saw it on television. Now you get to go to the, uh, where is it, Garland, Texas next week? Yeah, I believe so. And, and, you know, they can they saw it. They're going in. They know what to expect. There's like 5,000 seats for this show. So it's a pretty decent-sized crowd. You're going to have all these individuals in there. I mean, hopefully the hangman shit, the cowboy shit, the hangman page will be over still without coercion. But maybe you need a little help next week, but, too. You do a little bit of something. But I thought that this was still still extremely well done. You had Don Callis. You had Kenny out there. Dark Order comes out to Hangman's defense again. The crowd is building up. We want to see Hangman. We want to see Hangman give us Hangman Adam Page. And he comes out, and there's this roar. Like, watching at home, I was like, oh, my God, he's here. Like, they're facing off. This is a big deal. So I think the way they did it, it worked. And, um... I'm excited to see what 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 continues with this. Uh, we're all on the hangman train, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I I see that, and I think that the more I see it, the more it feels like maybe it's the right time to not give the belt to Page. The more the audience really gets behind Adam Page, the more he supports, and we had this big conversation. I talked for 15 minutes, and I apologize <sighs> last week about this. But the more that we got to that, and the more I see it now, pulling the rug out from the audience is going to make Kenny Omega vilified. And just elevate Hangman to the moon as this super baby face. There's always the other end that you get worried that Kenny would get so vilified in a way that they'd forget about Hangman Page. That they're just more upset that Kenny Omega is still in this role doing the same cocky, arrogant, whatever persona this is. No, I, I know I know we talked about this last week and it's like it's definitely it's definitely a road that they can take and I don't think that it would necessarily be bad, but then it's like well when do you give it to Hangman? Because you don't want this to be a three or four year venture. No, you don't. And this is like why it's Sonata. kind of the wrong right. And it's like maybe it's the wrong guy to do it to. You know, it, maybe it would have been better if you got a baby face that kind of built up that people believed could do it, but it's not Hangman Page. I don't know who they would do on short notice. I don't mean it that way, I, you know, just in general. But it kind of feels like one of those things where you have the audience or you're going to have the audience in the palm of their hands so you pull the rug out from underneath them. And that's what makes it... That's where you get the heat. That's what makes it good. It's visceral. Imagine you feel, that's gonna hurt. You feel it's gonna good. hurt so bad, right? And it, but you feel so good as the booker, as the creative heads, because you go, "We got them. We did it. We made them feel bad. We made them disagree with this. We made them hate Kenny." Well, it's yeah, exactly, because you're invested. There's nothing. There's nothing better than getting emotionally invested in a wrestling story, one way or another, because at least you're buying into it. So we'll see where this match takes place. I think it's got to go to All Out. I Yeah. But we're looking forward to it nonetheless. But after that, we did have the six-man tag team action. Jake Hager and Proud and Powerful versus Big Money Wardlow and FTR. With Conan and Tully Blanchard in their respective corners. It was fine. I had higher expectations, I guess, at the end. 
Jake Hager is starting to kind of develop a character a little bit here. He's starting to look a little different. He's kind of got something going on for him, so I'm I'm for that because he's got like a nice edge working. Yeah, because he was kind of like yeah, he just we, he wasn't hitting that beat. He was just no, kind of like he was out of place here. It is yeah, it's starting to click more. I I, I see it too. And it's kind of like we can talk about Andrade also as we get closer, but it's like you know it's. It, Hager just wasn't clicking with this kind of a wrestling group. Now he's got the edge, he's got kind of the character coming across, he's working with Proud and Powerful, which works really well. You're going up against great wrestlers, FTR. So it, it was a solid match. It kind of still felt like we were just having this for the sake of it, because Proud and Powerful versus FTR is big money. No offense to Wardlow, it's big money. So we're not getting, the, we're not getting quite that yet. And I, I wonder like if it's... they're saving it for a big show, for a big moment, because it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one between these two teams with no commercials. Well, you want to... That also, you know, we'll continue transitioning here. You had Sammy hitting Sean Spears backstage with a chair. So Sammy going after the chairman. Then we had MJF and Jericho facing off in the ring with MJF laying out his stipulations. Yeah, it was bad. I didn't like that. I, I'm not a huge fan yeah. of the stipulation. I, I talked about, we talked about it last week. I don't, I don't like um, that. You know, the stipulation thing. However, th the whole point of this is this inner circle versus pinnacle is far from over. And... It kind of feels like what happened with Orange Cassie last year. Remember with Jericho? It just kind of felt like we're just dragging through with inner circle versus Orange Cassidy. Remember that? Yeah. It was like it never ended. And we finally concluded it, and it felt like finally Mimosa Mayhem ended this damn thing. Yeah, and listen, the the matches I think have been fine. Like I've I've liked the feud in terms of of what it's provided. You know, Sammy versus MJF was one of my favorite matches of the year thus far. I think Sammy and Sean Spears are going to put on a hell of a match. FTR versus PNP is going to be a great match too, and and I'm sure that. The Jericho, I have no doubt that the Jericho MJF match is also going to be good, but it's just for me, I feel like it's just gone on for like for for long. Like I feel like this should have ended, and I know June was a holding pattern, like we talked about, like we had to get to July, get back on the road, but now it's like this is going to stretch to all out. That's two months away. Well, when you do that, what happens is you lose the 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 kicker, you lose that edge you had in the feud. You don't have the the big burnout because you've had it. Yeah. You get tired of it. WWE but, does it. That's what WWE does. It's exactly a WWE move. It's it's a move that it's obviously holding pattern, but man, it has felt like holding pattern here in AEW for too long in a lot of things, and it happens too often. I've said I had another rant about this four weeks ago. It's there's too much holdover until we can get to this spot, or we can get to this spot, or we can get to this spot. At some point, people are going to lose patience. No, I think July is. Excuse me. I think July is going to be a really big month. But at the same time, it's not like titles are going to change. You know, you gear up to all out. Maybe we can see something. But yeah. you know, it's not like titles are going to be moving hands here. So is it really a big month? It's not like stories are being told here because you still have the inner circle versus the pinnacle, which we've had since like March of last year. It's the same. It's the same shit. They're going to be better shows because the crowd always makes the shows better. This felt like a big deal. Malachi Black showed up. That was great. There's going to be more individuals available now post the 14th or yeah. on the 14th. So yeah. we may see some of that. Fighter happening. Fest. Yep. That's big stuff. You got two Fighter Fest shows. You got Moxley versus Carl Anderson next week, which is Holy fucking shit. awesome. 
Moxman versus Machine Gun for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship I mean, match. This stuff is cool. That's fucking huge. This and stuff's that could cool. Could be a title change. It, I know it's New it Japan, could be, but it, no, it could be. But this stuff is cool. They have cool stuff coming up. But in terms of the story progression, are we actually getting anywhere with any of this stuff? I don't know. Cody and Malachi Black, we might see a little bit. Well, yeah, that that's a new story. You got Andrade coming in. We don't know what he's going to do yet. They're kind of doing the Christian Cage with him, where we're kind of feeling him out, giving him some, you know, getting him some work. Because I'll tell you what, I think his match came next, and you gear into him. He looked great. He looked big. He looked, he looked strong. Once again, like a million bucks. I'm, I just keep repeating that, but he looks fantastic. But this was actually one of my favorite matches of the night, Andrade El Idolo versus Matt Seidel. But something was off about this. And I, I, I thought it was Seidel at first. When I said this to you, I go, something's off with Seidel. It seems like maybe he's not in the right place, and Andrade wants him to move here, wants him to get here. Like, you know, and then Andrade, uh, he gave him some type of, like, brain buster, twisting suplex. Can't remember what it was. It was sloppy. Sloppy shit. And it was like, you know what? This isn't him. Andrade came in here looking bad. And I guess he hasn't been working in a hot minute. But, you know, it was like the pacing was off. At first, I thought it was Seidel, and I mentioned this, but Seidel was the one that was getting twisted wrong. and He was the one that was being put in these spots. There was a double moonsault that was good, but there were some parts about this match that made him look like, hey, he's a little rusty, and I think it's the right opponent. Like I've said, I've, I've commended Matt Seidel almost every week. He's the right guy to help these individuals out getting back in the ring. Miro was a little rusty. He looked really sloppy when he first got back. No, I thought it was I thought it was a great highlight back and forth and I like that as we've talked about you know th- this was a lengthy match in-, in terms of it wasn't just Andrade coming out and squashing Matt Seidel. No, and it shouldn't be. It, it you was give competitive. Matt, you give Matt Seidel these fights because he's a good wrestler, makes guys he's look a really good. He's a veteran. He's yeah. super talented. Yeah, I mean... Matt Seidel is in the perfect role right now, really for the first time in his whole career. I love it. This is what he's doing. And I know, you know, he doesn't have much of a character, but that can come. He's He's not an old dude. You know, he's not in his last legs. He's in the prime of his career still. So it can come. You give him some time. You give him a year of television time again. He's finally on TV for the first time in how many years? And you can kind of see, hey, you know, if Matt Seidel's out here busting his ass, his work rate's high, you know, he's got his brother with him, you can kind of tell some stories a little bit, and he can have an opportunity to do something different. Everybody in AEW kind of gets an opportunity as the time comes. So we'll see him do it, but right now his role is perfect. No, I, I, I yeah, I agree. I think, I love, I love what they're doing with him. But what we're going to do with Andrade coming forward, is he going to have a match at All Out? I would anticipate it. You'd think... Is it going to be a tag match? Maybe. But I would anticipate he's going to get a pay-per-view match. But you got a lot of hungry talent right now who just need to get on these pay-per-views and onto television. You have Andrade. You have Matt Hardy and Christian Cage next week. Yep, Fighter Fest Night 1. But you want to find out what Christian Cage is going to do come all out. You got to find out what Andrade is going to do all out. You got FTR, Proud and Powerful. You have the Young Bucks. You have the Lucha Bros, because they've been prominently featuring those guys. Eddie Kingston. You have Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Cody, Malachi Black, Miro, Lance Archer. You have Britt Baker, Chris Statlander coming up. Nyla you still Rose. have Karashita, Nyla Rose. Karashita's not back yet. Riho's now in the America full-time. Yuka Sakazaki, I believe, was on Dark. 
So, I mean, look, there is so much right now. And I've, I've only named a handful. Yeah. And that was off the cuff. You know, it was like there are so many individuals right now and guys I didn't even name that need television spots. Chris Jericho, MJF, Sammy Guevara. There are individuals that need to get to this pay-per-view. And it's like this pay-per-view can't go for six hours. No. So it's like, what do you do? I'm saying, what do you do? Obviously, Rampage is going to help come next month. But what are you going to do at All Out? Is Andrade going to get a match? You know, what are you going to kind of do with these guys? Elite Hunter Kazarian, what's he going to do? Ugh. Hopefully something. I fucking love Elite Hunter Kaz. John Moxley's returning to defend his IWGP US title against Carl Anderson. What's he going to do? There's so much. They have so much talent. There's not enough space for them. And it's like, this is what's going to happen. That's why the Anthony Agogo thing, and that's why I, I don't I want to be disrespectful about it, but pay-per-view match because of the other people. you got so many top, top, top talents that you have to give television time to. And one of the reasons is because you're paying them so damn much. But we'll see what happens at All Out. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. we got a lot of weeks of uh, television in front, so... We'll look at that as we get to it. But before we get to the main event of the evening, you touched on Lance Archer uh, briefly in the abundance of AEW talent that we want to see highlighted. We did see him briefly on this episode of Dynamite as he came out to interrupt Dan Lambert's scathing, amazing professional wrestling promo. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? That was an A. That was that was that was definitely an that A. was great. Yeah, that was great. I mean, he starts we'll s- going, and we were like, "What the hell?" Like, fantastic. Well, we'll see what they do. Maybe they'll do something with his with his group, you know, with his uh, with his gym. Maybe they'll do something like that. They'll add some of those like legit fighters, get some attention, eyeballs from different products. I, I'm never I'm never against it. Some people kind of crap on some of the celebrities or some of the fighters coming in, but I, I don't I'm not against it. No, I thought I thought that was really well done. Uh, that was a, definitely a highlight of the show. But this this was a pretty stacked dynamite, anyways. Yeah, and, and then you had the mixed gendered match, which was I the pseudo main event. I don't remember when it came, but I yeah I, for some reason I didn't have that down in my notes. So I yeah thank you for reminding me. Yeah, you had Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander versus Bunny and Blade. Yeah, and this match was fine. I mean, I I thought they did some enjoyable things it was nothing outside of the box but it was creative i like the fact that we had this match on the show it was unique it wasn't just something you know additional one-on-one or some tag match it was a nice little twist we were excited for this and yeah i I thought it was a nice change of pace they did some in and outs with a bunch of the you know it's like hey you know statlander can't go against blade they had you know they had the brass knuckles it's you know someone's legal someone isn't i i thought the match was good i gave a solid b i actually enjoyed it i thought these individuals were the right people to team up with each other, of course, Blade and Bunny, and of course, Statlander no, it was, and Orange Cassie. It was good. It was a match that made sense considering yeah. the the alliances, the recent feud, and yeah, it was a, it was a really nice change of pace. What it does going forward is it gives Chris Statlander a little bit more momentum. Yep. Obviously, Butcher and Blade are there to enhance talent. They're not there for anything more, but, you know, at this point, but... You know, Orange Cassidy, of course, uh, we'll see what he does going forward. I think they have to kind of keep him out of where he was because you had a lot of Orange Cassidy recently and you had him in the main event. Usually when you lose, you haven't seen Pac. He hasn't been around. Trent's injured. Trent's injured. So maybe these guys need to kind of like reboot a little bit. They're, they're still holding pattern. 
Statlander, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, I mean, these guys are still very entertaining. But Oh, yeah. You know, you hold on to them maybe a little bit. Trent comes back in a little while. You get on to Rampage. You move over to TBS. You got, you know, you, or, you know, in the fall. It doesn't have to be that long. But, you know, you get back to the fall after All Out, and you can kind of reboot with them a little bit. You kind of, you don't want to run the well dry with that type of shtick. Because, as I said, when you were doing it before, it's not Orange Cassidy. He's, he's an enjoyable character. It's that the shtick happens so often, you don't want to kill. You don't want to kill the shtick. Right. And it's like, it's, it's almost dead to me. So, I mean, you want to you keep it off for a little bit. and Otherwise, it was good. No, it was, it, that was very enjoyable. I don't know how I forgot to write that down. So but hopefully so it'll open the door to some more. Would love, would definitely love to see more of those. But speaking of Orange Cassidy, our resident Orange Cassidy fan, hopefully we'll get to see during All Out Weekend. Yes. Just a Orange quick little Julius. shout out. Orange Julius, we're coming for you. And oh, I'm so excited for All Out Weekend. But uh, that brings us to the main event of the evening, which was AEW World Tag Team Championship action. Eddie Kingston and Penta versus the Young Bucks. So, again, it was just a continuation of what was happening. But for some reason, I could not get into this match. I just felt like it was... You didn't love it. I mean, hardcore matches are great. Love them. Street fights, hardcore matches, I enjoy them. So there was nothing wrong with this match. It was a fine match for what it was. But for some reason, it just kind of felt like they were almost going through the motions. I mean, which Buck Ward best? They both looked excellent. I can't. Yeah. They both looked excellent. You're not supposed to give a co-award, I guess. But, I mean, look, they both wore the same outfits, different shades. They looked <laughs> yes. excellent. Clean shaven. Mustaches were gone. They didn't have to get rid of the mustaches. I, I agree with you. They didn't have to get rid of that. Kenny held strong. <laughs> Kenny kept Which out. Buck Ward best this week? Kenny will make it look pretty damn good. Ah, uh, Jackie. <laughs> we knew it was coming. Um, Kenny did look sharp in his little zebra those pants. Like Zubaz, or whatever uh, they call those things. I, I, I was digging the, the Kenny Zubaz? outfit. He did keep his his facial hair, so we, we give props for that. Um, but which Buck wore it best? I mean, I do enjoy... Denim and street fights. I mean, you just have to, right? So, uh, they look good. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You have to. You have to. And it was their twist on having a street fight wearing jorts. denim. They denim jorts. It was fine. Great. Which Buck wore it best? Both of them. It was a good outfit. But I, what was odd about this you. match was, it was like they were just going through the motions. Basically, it was simplistic. It's fine. I guess I just expected more. I, it's not that I expected more. I don't know what I felt, honestly, because it wasn't bad. It just kind of felt routine. Like, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And that's okay. But for some reason last night, I just felt, okay, this is okay. Yeah, no, there was something that just didn't, like, completely jive with I you, enjoyed some of the spots. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. Then it picked up. It did really pick up toward the end there. It really picked up, and I started really getting into it. And then it looked like they ran out of time. And it was like, we got to get this down and finish this did thing. Come, well, I, I remember saying to you, I was like, oh, it's 9.59. Like, we're still going here. We've got one minute left. And then it, yeah, and it he kicked, ended. He, and especially at the end where it looked like they were going to do a BTE trigger. And they just did the super kick. And he, like, laid down kinks. He's like, get down, get down, get down. we got to do the cover. we got to finish this thing because we're going to run out of time. And I felt like maybe that was... 
they just maybe were building a nice pace to it and they ran out of time. And I think there was a commercial in the middle of it too that I think might have taken me out of it. Commercials are tough, man. I the pic the picture in picture I have such a difficult time with. I, I've said this before, but I just it's it's distracting to but me. Maybe this will end whatever this Lucha Bros Penta uh, that is the Lucha Bros. I'm sorry. I, the, Lucha Bros, Kingston, Archer, Pack, Moxley, Saga, whatever this is, because Elite Hunter Kaz was involved. Elite Hunter Kaz. And he Kaz. got very close this time for costing them. So we'll see. I mean, there's got to be something, some type of payoff here with Kaz. It's got to be coming soon. There has to be. It's got to be coming for All Out or something along those lines because this is this is the best character, truthfully. This is the best character to play. I'm really engaged in what Kaz my, is doing. I like the character. Thing. Let's see where we go with this up to the pay-per-view because we got two months now of big shows... And to the point where are the Bucks going to get so goddamn tired that they give him and Daniels one more chance? Or are they going to give him and somebody else one more chance? It's a possibility. Um, no, but yeah, who, who's going to take it from the Bucks right now? Exactly. Um, and I, I, we'll see where we're going to go with this. I'd like to see it. I know I might be the only guy. But I'd like to see if Paul White's going to get involved in anything. Because he's kind of been quiet since he came. And I know that he's had some interviews where he said he's really looking forward to getting involved in some way. It doesn't have to be wrestling, but you know, getting involved in something on television more commonly. We'll see. See if Mark Henry's going to do anything. Mark we'll Henry on Twitter was trying to recruit Matthew McConaughey to yeah. come to Dynamite. Yeah, I'm 100 percent for that. Huge pop from from you if that happens. Uh, it, it wasn't really a pop as much as it was like an expectation. Like, yes, McConaughey should respect this, acknowledge the greatness of it, and then just you know. We're going to move forward with it. Rich loves Matthew McConaughey, for, yeah, for those of you who don't know. Yeah. What? He's fantastic. He's like goat level. But yeah, I mean, gearing up to, to All Out, um, what's going on with the tag division, what's going to happen with the women's championship, a um, lot of questions, but I, I feel like we've got this month to get through that's going to get us there. I couldn't yeah. get that out. But. No, but, we, you know, we have a month right now. It's going to be exciting shows. you got back-to-back-to-back now, next coming up after Road Rage, which was four, but it's back-to-back-to-back to back to back, three major shows. Fighter Fest Night 1, Fighter Fest Night 2, and Fight for the Fallen. All live. Big audiences. All out, sold out. Again, like I said, if you guys want to go... If you know you're going to go, you're going to be in the area. Don't bite the bullet yet. Let these scalpers kind of eat the feet a little bit and sweat it out and take it at the end of the day. Try to get some better better cut on it. Yeah, just keep just keep monitoring it. I have no patience. I panic. I panic by. I know. So I buy immediately. It's tough to do when you're when you're booking a trip because flights are really high. Well, yeah, cuz I mean, imagine that you get out there and like god forbid there's no tickets remember what i said that's my how fear. many weeks ago and i i'm i mean i know i'm on here going oh you know people get but everybody on, online is all positive it's always you know this we got to do this got to do this this is expensive and people know that and i'm just trying to be realistic you know when you're doing these things don't give these guys the satisfaction if you're going to be in the area you know you're going to be in the area Fight the line, make them cut these prices down and have to dump these damn tickets, buy them on the cheap, buy them on the go. That way they're going to be available. We're going to do it for Rampage probably 
Yeah, we haven't. I'm gonna probably gotten, buy them Friday morning. We haven't gotten Rampage tickets yet, but also, if you are going to be there, let us know. Um, not sure when we're gonna be flying out yet or, or traveling out in case we end up driving. Um, yeah, flights are wildly expensive. Crazy from expensive, but probably going right now. going to fly. Um, but yeah, if if you're, we're, we're gonna try to catch Rampage. We're we've got the tickets for All Out. So let us know if you're gonna be there that weekend. Um. I got to get my Chicago food in, Portillo's, Al's Beef, Lumonati's. Um, we're, we're looking to do some things, so fan engagement, right? Fan participation. Yeah, if people want to hang out, you know, we have a good time. We talk to you guys best we can on Twitter. You listen to the podcast, you know. We'll hang out and have some beers. Drinking beer, talking wrestling. Yeah. So. I'm excited. With that. There will be some technical issues during this recording. We've been having an up and down as we've been recording it. We can tell by watching the screen that we've been up and down. So if there are some That's cutouts so or whatever, look, we tried our best. It's been, it's, I don't have a PlayStation 5 right now, guys. This is like devastating. He's, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a wreck, Hurt. but we'll get through it the best we can. But with that, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, hope you're doing well, staying safe, and getting ready for this upcoming lineup of AEW shows. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, dynamite at gmail.com, and we will be back later next week with another episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs>